0: Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin.
1: Hi, everyone, and here we are. I'm Patricia Raskin. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show in its 21st year on Voice America. Yeah, and and tune into a lot of the other shows, too, because uh, really Voice America really works to show you positive sides of life and things that are really working, and I know that's what this show does. It shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions, and I have an amazing guest on today. Her name is Susan Campbell. She's a PhD, and she's the author of 11 books on relationships and conflict resolution. She leads seminars internationally and has appeared on CNN, Newsnight, and Good Morning America. She's directed a think tank, runs nonprofit organizations, consulted to Fortune 500 companies, and guest lectured at Harvard, Stanford, UCLA, and works with private clients through her relationship coaching. And her name is Susan Campbell. And Susan has a brand new book called From Triggered to Tranquil, How Self-Compassion and mindful presence can transform relationship conflicts and heal childhood wounds. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, I mean, that really says it all. You know, I know you've written other books. You've written books on dating and relationships, and I think that's important. But this I think this is particularly important, and and I'd like to ask you a question that relates to COVID, because I think now more than ever, because there's so much uncertainty, which breeds anxiety because of the way our brain is wired, I think that more people are anxious and fearful, and I think that self-compassion and conflicts can come up. It's harder to have self-compassion sometimes, and conflicts can come up easier because we're so anxious. We become fearful and we're not thinking. What do you think?
2: Yeah. Uh, anytime there's more stress in your environment, it weakens your resilience, or it, at least it tests your resilience. Yes. Yes. And let's face it, there's a limit to all of our resilience. So yes. the COVID things and the various aspects of that that's affecting people, it's it's like you're carrying a heavy heavier load through yes. life. So you're going to be more sensitive to people cutting you off in the freeway or cutting you off in the middle of your sentence when you're talking. At least a lot of us are because we're we're sensitive humans.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I think also, too, one of the things you write about is that most people have a subconscious fear of emotional pain that is basically running them. So they do everything they can to get away from that pain, which could be lashing out, It could be clamming up. Talk about that.
2: Yeah. Um, As we're growing up, we develop various protective patterns based on having not all of our emotional needs met as children. Like, no parent is perfect. So, um, one of the things that happens with us is we get the idea, usually from our parents or early caregivers, that if we're in... Pain, like we're hurting, and we run to our mommy, you know, oh, the kids teased me at school, uh or when the baby's even littler, and you, you you're trying to console your child, usually, the parents can be present and caring for a little while for a child in pain but but a lot of us. It takes more than what the average busy parent can give Mm -hmm. to really teach ourselves how to calm our own nervous systems down. It's called Mm co-regulation. We all need good co-regulation by our parent figures to teach us that when we're upset, oh, I can just, somebody can be with me and accept this. And we we can't just by having body to body contact or somebody pay loving attention to me, I see that I calm down. But but see that that's the ideal scenario. What happens with most parents is they they run out of patience and and sometimes they haven't got any patience to begin with. You know, boy, this mm-hmm. child being upset is really inconvenient because you know I, I've got to prepare for work tomorrow. So. Um, Children often get the impression when they feel the the parent's impatience or the parent's bewilderment, like, what do I do for this kid? They get the feeling that if I'm in emotional pain, there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. This is very subtle, but I think so many mm-hmm. of us just yeah. have now that feeling we've carried into adulthood that... If I'm upset, I better hide it. There's something wrong with it. It's going to make other people uncomfortable or they're going to move away from me in some Mm -hmm. way. Let me me ask you, Susan. How our parents handled our pain, we carry that now into our adulthood, and we don't handle our own pain very well. And that's what this book is about. Yeah, let
1: me ask you a question about that. How to be a compassionate parent for your own pain. Yeah, can you hear me, Susan? Yes. Okay, good, because I, I interrupted you and didn't mean to, but I, I do have a point. I, I have a question about this. Um, so isn't it important to feel that pain, even though we don't like it, it doesn't feel good? You know we're taught to cover it up. But isn't it important to be able to feel it and go through it so we can release it? You know, there's a saying in psychology, if you can name it, you can tame it. What do you think? Yes:
2: I agree. We, we, it helps to be able to name a feeling like, ooh, my fear of rejection just got triggered. It actually yeah. gives you more power over that fear of rejection. A lot of us have that fear, and that's that's a kind of emotional pain. So that's the, that's the example of emotional pain, or my, my my feeling that I'm not enough, I'm not good enough for this person. So anyway, naming it, yes, and letting yourself, be with it. Let's say something happens and you get triggered, because the book is about those moments when you have a surprising interaction with somebody that kind of catches you off guard sometimes and has you being angry or hurt or shutting down, yes, yes. frustrated. yeah, Even judgmental thoughts are are kind of painful, even though... Judgments are an attempt to kind of get on top of the pain and and uh, seem like you're not feeling pain because it's the other person you're judging. Even then, it's an indication that something's hurting inside of you when you're judging somebody. So knowing how to identify, oh, all of these things that happen that are upsetting are examples of triggers, like triggers like, fears of rejection, abandonment, not being mm-hmm. enough, that sort of thing. And what's really needed is to pause. Like, like that good parent that I mentioned earlier, cause, pause and self-regulate. Maybe you don't have anybody to co-regulate. Co-regulation is getting loving attention and comfort from another human. And if you can right. get co regulation, you got a partner there, you, you go, Oh, could I have a hug? That's beautiful. But sometimes yeah. we can't get that from a partner. Sometimes yeah. it's the partner that triggered us, you know? Yes, yes. So, so let me so let me ask you. So, feel, let, me,
1: so let me let me yeah. ask you, in the book, you mentioned that at any given moment when you're communicating, you're doing from either a higher brain or a survival brain. please explain that. Sure. So, the survival alarm
2: system is what brain scientists are are now talking about when they talk about what gets triggered something in your brain called the survival alarm system technically it 's the amygdala area of the mm-hmm. midbrain, but that 's the area that 's very sensitive to em- emotional tone it's am I emotionally safe that that kind of thing so when we 're triggered. <laughs> Like by somebody cutting us off when we're trying to talk to them, that sort of thing, um, we will automatically go into that survival alarm reaction, mm-hmm. and that's very quick, and it sees the other person as unfriendly, as dangerous, you know, just because of it's in, it's an instinct instinctive part of the brain that was designed originally in in early humans for survival when there was real danger in, in the woods and a tiger would attack you or something and then there's the higher brain the prefrontal cortex and that's the part of the brain that can reassure you that oh wait this person's just a fast talker they they always interrupt everybody you know your higher brain can actually make sense mm-hmm. of a situation yes. so you don't take it personally yeah. but the your brain works really slowly and so usually the survival brain has already taken charge before the prefrontal cortex has got gotten the chance to go wait wait let's examine the situation and see what's appropriate here so there's two there's those two critical parts of the brain and it's important to know when you're coming from which
1: yes very important all right well we're going to take actually we're going to take a break in a minute and come back and talk to Susan Campbell more about understanding our triggers, our partners' triggers, talking about the fight flight and freeze response, talking about you know what how 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 can we how can we train ourselves to be able to pick up these triggers more. So she's really going to talk about that. We'll talk about um, other ways that we can do some repair things to help ourselves. And so we're, we're talking today to Susan Campbell. And let me tell you again a little bit more about Susan. Um, she is the author of 11 books and on relationships. And she, on relationships as well as um understandings and conflict resolution. She deals, she leads seminars internationally and she's appeared on CNN Newsnight, Good Morning America. She's directed a think tank. She's directed nonprofit organizations. She's consulted to Fortune 500 companies. She's guest lectured at Harvard, Stanford and UCLA business schools. And now she works with private clients through her relationship coaching practice. And you can log on to Susan. Campbell.com. C A M P B E L -L L.com. All right. And so when we come back, we're going to talk to Susan Moore about her new book, which is From Triggered to Tranquil How Self Compassion and Mindful Presence Can Transform Relationship Conflicts and Heal Childhood Wounds. All right. Stay tuned, folks. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back.
3: our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
4: a brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others if you have that courage then brave hearts radio with brian Reinbold is for you even if you aren't yet you'll want to still tune in to get inspired create your own story to share and change your life for the better listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America
3: Variety Channel.
4: Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere.
3: Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we, and how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin
1: Show. Hello, everyone, and we are back. Today we are talking about conflict and how we can resolve it. My guest is Susan Campbell, PhD, and her book is From Triggered to Tranquil, How Self-Compassion and Mindful Presence Can Transform Relationship Conflicts and Heal Childhood Wounds. Susan Campbell is the author of 11 books on Relationships and Conflict Resolutions she leads seminars internationally and has appeared on CNN, Newsnight, and Good Morning America. She's directed think tanks, run nonprofit organizations, consulted to Fortune 500 companies, and guest lectured at major schools like Harvard, Stanford, and UCLA business schools. She works with private clients through her relationship coaching, and uh, and her website is susancampbell.com, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. All right. All right. Welcome back, Susan. All right. Thank you. Yeah, we've been talking about triggers, what triggers relationships, things triggered from childhood. So how important is it to be aware of our triggers and our partners' triggers? And how do we know that we're not projecting our stuff onto them when we remind them that they are triggered? That could cause some fights.
2: Right. Well, um, it's very important to know the early warning signs of one's own trigger reaction. Like I have people share with their partner, here's what I tend to say, feel, and do when I'm triggered. Like, well, I might, what I might say is some kind of complaint and what I might feel is uh, not cared about. Like I don't matter, and and what I you know, and, and what I do is is, is complain. So um, I teach people to own up to these are the signs that I'm getting triggered, and partners would share that so that they know that the other person's taking responsibility for their own trigger reactions. They're not blaming me. And it's called a trigger signature exercise. So what's mm-hmm. your trigger signature, honey? Here's what mine is. And you do the exercise together. It's in the book. And then you learn to not be so afraid and not be so threatened when the partner's triggered because you know that they're working on that. And it's, re- it's really important for us not to say you're getting triggered. You know, how do we know we're not projecting our stuff onto the other person? Uh, I never recommend saying, hey, honey, you're triggered right now. Uh, We better stop, stop talking. I do recommend people say, hey, there's triggering in the space or I think we need to pause. And I always help couples have a pause agreement so that they actually can Cooperate in pausing rather, rather than continuing to go at each other.
1: Yeah, because if they keep going at each other, then that just creates more of a rift between them, correct?
2: Yeah, you need to pause as soon as you can at the first sign that somebody's triggered. And that's very hard to do, but with practice, you can learn that, and especially with a, a couple partnership. Couples can support each other in how do you do. know
1: how do you know they're triggered, Susan, if they don't say anything? What if they just like stare off into space and don't say how do you know their body language? Well, if you've already had a conversation with
2: your partner about okay, these are the things that I do when when I'm triggered, like somebody might say, you know I already learned that when I'm triggered, I tend to kind of go blank and don't say anything. I kind of freeze up
1: that's what I do, so
2: you know that's one of your partner's uh trigger yeah uh reactions and so yeah. you might notice that and if you notice that you're probably gonna feel uh some kind of agitation or concern in your own system too. So you mm-hmm. can still ask for a pause. And, yeah, and the I... whole the whole idea of a pause is not to have any finger pointing or blaming uh, you know, you're triggered. Oh, we gotta stop this. It's it's more you know, pause, just say the word pause, or can we pause? And that just stops that stops any
1: triggering behavior from continuing once you get yeah. good at it. Yeah, and I can relate to what you just said. I mean, I feel I, I, I actually get numb. I feel like somebody mm-hmm. has punched me in the stomach. And I, I, I it's it's what you just said here with f- flight, uh, fight, flight and freeze. I, th- I think yeah. that, and explain that, explain that a little more, that's, is that part of that reaction you just described, fight, flight, well, and freeze? when you're
2: triggered, typically your trigger signature is going to look more like either fight, flight, or freeze, so what you just described, like going kind of numb, that's, that's kind of a freeze reaction, a lot, yeah. a lot of us have that, we just don't know what to say. So we've got freeze, and then we've got flight, which is the type of behavior where you just don't connect. You stop. You don't connect anymore with your partner. You're you're trying to reason with them, telling them, "Oh, you shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't be upset." So flight has a lot to do with trying to talk other people out of what they're feeling if cuz flight is mostly for the for the kind of people that don't have big trigger reactions. And then there's the fight, which is more the kind of people who have big trigger reactions and those are the ones that are obvious and they usually get blamed for all the problems, but they're not to blame. You know, nobody's to blame. It's it's a mut- it's a mutual growth journey that we're on here. But the fight behaviors are more like arguing or prodding or questioning or following the person into the bathroom, <laughs> all those kind yeah. of behaviors.
1: So none of them are ideal.
2: Version of trigger
1: signature. Right, Susan, none of them are ideal, the fight or the flight or the freeze. We're trying to avoid those three. Yeah, yeah, but they, what they signal is, See, I don't want people
2: to feel bad about getting triggered cuz part of this whole thing is bringing more compassion to yourself and just admitting yeah. that maybe you have some childhood unfinished business, some wounds. So, uh rather than saying try not to feel these things, the idea is once you feel it, don't keep acting out of that of that fight place. Yeah. Don't keep fighting when you go into fight. Pause, feel, like we were saying earlier. Feel your feelings. Be with those feelings with some compassion. And uh, I have a number of self-compassion exercises in the book that really help people be a better mother to yourself or be a better parent yeah. to
1: yourself. So what are some of the useful ways that we can support our partner when they get triggered? Or give us an example maybe of, of a couple you worked with and how they worked through it. Okay. So, um,
2: well, the easiest, you know, for, for those who are aware that your partner is triggered but you're not yet triggered, the easiest way to calm everything down is to say, honey, do you need a hug or just some simple co-regulation. So that's the technical term. Some giving of loving attention or what do you need right now, honey? It looks, looks like you, you know. Something's going on there. Don't assume you know what's going on. If you go too far, you know, then if they're starting to get triggered, they might get more triggered because they feel like you're judging them or something. So one, so one option there then is co-regulating a partner. Another is just calling for a pause yourself because you weren't quite able to co-regulate, but at least you bring a little sanity back into the situation by mm-hmm. calling for a pause and um, then you asked for an example. So um, well, maybe we want an example of somebody see, seeing that their partner is, um, is triggered and, and uh, offering co-regulation. So I'll, I'll give you C- Carol and Jack. So uh, they have a new baby, like three or four months old. Neither of them are getting very much sleep. So here's, you know, here's the scenario. Uh, Carol is used to overfunctioning in her whole entire life. She grew up in a family where you couldn't depend on the parents, so she was the adult child. Okay, so now she's a new mother, and she's depending a lot on Jack for, um, help. So she asks Jack for help. Oh wait, I'll tell you, Jack's background is he's got a, he's got a trigger about not being good enough. Uh, he he was uh, criticized. He couldn't ever measure up to his father's standards as a boy, and so forth. So he he just carries this fear of not being good enough. He is good, you know. He's great. He's he's a very competent person. But you know, mm-hmm. even the best of people, we carry this chi- childhood story. Mm-hmm. So um, Carol starts complaining because she's so damn tired. And she just, you know, starts letting loose on him. But then she sees that, wow, he's starting to shrink away, doing sort of this freeze reaction that we were talking about. Uh-huh. He just seems going away. His eyes are glazing over. And he's saying, he's saying words, but his words are kind of trailing off. And she realizes, oh, poor Jack, he's, he's, he's triggered. Let, you know, let me reach out to him. And maybe in this case, what, what she did was just tell him how much she appreciated all that he already is doing. And so it didn't require physical co-regulation, but just in the moment, because she knows that Jack has a not good enough thing, and uh, she does need his help, that's not going to go away. She'll, she'll ask again in a minute, but asking while somebody's triggered is not going to get you what you want.
1: So mm-hmm. that's a simple
2: example of a a couple.
1: Okay. All right. And we're going to take a break on that note. And when we kind of come back, we're going to talk more about this. And we're going to talk about another process called pause, calm, inquire, and repair, which is a process to heal relationship misunderstandings. My guest today is Susan Campbell. And she is the author of the new book, From Triggered to Tranquil, how self-compassion and mindful presence can transform relationship conflicts and heal childhood wounds. Susan Campbell is the author of 11 books on relationship and conflict resolution. She leads seminars internationally and has appeared on CNN's New Night in Good Morning America. Dr. Campbell has also directed a think tank. She's directed nonprofit organizations. She's consulted to Fortune 500 companies She's guest lectured at Harvard, Stanford, UCLA business schools, and now works with private clients through her relationship coaching practice. You can log on to her website at susancampbell.com, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L.com. And when we come back again, we're going to talk about this pause, come, inquire, and repair process to heal relationship misunderstandings. I'm Patricia Raskin. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And we'll be right back.
0: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
3: on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Are you looking for an hour to allow your imagination to soar? An hour for self-care? An hour to learn something new? Join Dr. Melissa L. Strauser for conversations and stories that'll give you that hour to listen to tales of triumph and conversations about emerging topics from coaches, entrepreneurs, entertainers, authors, and everyday heroes. You'll hear about healing, change-making, resilience, and passion. We invite you to take the journey and join us for Counterbalance Conversations on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. My guest is Susan Campbell, PhD. Her brand new book is From Triggered to Tranquil, How Self-Compassion and Mindful Presence Can Transform Relationship Conflicts, and Heal Childhood Wounds. And Susan Campbell is the author of 11 books on relationships and conflict resolution. She leads seminars internationally. She's appeared on major talk shows. She's run a think tank, nonprofit organizations, consulted to Fortune 500 companies, guest lectured at many major uh, institutions, and now works with private clients through her relationship coaching practice. Her website is SusanCampbell.com. Welcome back, Susan. Thank you. So we've been talking about repairing relationships. We've been talking about misunderstandings when our partners get triggered, when our friends get triggered. You have a process called pause, calm, inquire, repair. How do we use this to heal relationship misunderstandings? Well,
2: each of those steps, pausing, calming, inquiring and repairing each of those steps is a process so i'll i'll just briefly say what goes on in each um first pausing is the whole process of developing a pause agreement with a, a coworker a kid a kid you know your teenage kid or your spouse so creating a pause agreement and knowing how to stop what you're doing In the middle of what you're doing when you see that triggering is happening. The next step is calming yourself, which has to do with during the pause, you take a break from each other. Depending on how big of a trigger reaction we got into, that will determine how long of a break we need. And uh, so, partners, let's say it's a, a couple, they'll decide okay, is it a short, medium, or long pause? And there's a formula for. How, how you come back afterwards and see, hey, did we pause long enough? Because during the pause, I mean, during the pause and the calming part of, of that pause, you do some breath exercises, you go for a walk, you do some kind of martial arts, you just do something that gets you kind of back in your body and out of your head. Mm-hmm. And then the inquire step is you bring back, now I'm calm, now I know that I'm safe, I've reassured myself that there's, you know, nobody's going to bite my head off here. I'm, I'm here alone with my own feelings. Let me feel this feeling a little more deeply. Let me attend to this feeling as if it's a tender, sensitive part of me. Like a much-loved child would hold her infant, I mean, how how a mother would hold a much loved child, you know, mm-hmm. just very tenderly, and so people learn how to do that for themselves. And when they're really self-regulated and they've moved some energy through the inner inquiry, given themselves some compassion, then then the pause is over. So basically, calming and inquiring are what you do during your pause. Then the pause is over because you've tended to yourself. Now you go back and say, hey, are we ready to talk about it? It's like making up after a fight. But the way I teach repair is you speak about what the vulnerable part of you is that was hurting, that was underneath your trigger. Like, oh, when you looked at your cell phone while we were at dinner, it triggered that old fear that I'm not worth paying attention to or I'm not important. Mm. So I need, and in the repair, you say, I, I still need your help feeling that I am important. So it's a very vulnerable repair about why you got triggered. It's not trying to be heard like most people do when they're making up after a fight. They're just repeating everything they wanted to say before, but maybe in a calmer tone of voice. And that just gets you back into the the trigger reaction, really.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's, it's really thinking about this. The inquiry, when you're calm, that's when you start to think about how how you can even word it, correct, how you can even, even phrase it. Well,
2: I tell people how to phrase it pretty much. I give them fill-in-the-blank scripts. I mean, it's good, yes. You, it's, if you know how to speak from your own experience, making I statements, not blaming, if you know how to do that already, then maybe you don't need my script. But I give partners a script because and I and there's different ones for work versus intimate relationships, but it's a very short script that keeps you from over-explaining and from defending yourself and all the things that people slip into when they don't use a script.
1: Hmm. Can you? I know you can use these practices with friends and family and kids and groups. Can you um, give us an example? Can you walk us through one where you would actually show us? How this is is done? The pause, the calm, the inquiry, repair. oh uh, sure. Um, you're in a business
2: meeting. Let's so let's take another because there's there's two there's two chapters. Yeah, this, in this would be
1: good. That's two business. You
2: know, meetings and work and and that kind of thing, group situations. So, um, so you're in a business meeting, and you're making an important point, and somebody cuts you off. And then time's up for that discussion. There's, you know, there's other agenda items, so you're still going to be sitting in the meeting. But time's up for that topic, and so you're sitting there. Gee, so and so cut me off. Nobody cares. Then you go into nobody cares what I have to say. Look, you know, that guy. Everybody always listens to. <clears throat> Oh, let me pause. I mean, you didn't—you didn't do a big trigger. You just knew that you got—you got triggered, and maybe you didn't. Maybe you don't even realize you got triggered until a little while when you notice yourself having judgmental thoughts toward other people who are talking, or maybe when you notice yourself withdrawing and not even hearing what's going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, this trigger work—I call it trigger work. This helps you be much more aware of these kind of s- subtle reactivity in yourself. So you're in the business meeting. You got cut off. You notice some of these thoughts that indicate that you are triggered. And so you go, oh, man, I better calm myself down. And you can do that by yourself. Nobody's, nobody's paying attention to you, so you're just in the meeting. And you do some of these breathing exercises like mm. simply slow, conscious breathing and you kind of checked out of the meeting anyway and you've decided, hey, I'm going to take care of myself here. Maybe I can get back in the game because that's the whole purpose of the, of the trigger work is not to stay navel-gazing, you know, but to help yourself feel what you feel and make some kind of sense out of it, calm your nervous system, and then, you know, then get back to the, the, the meeting. So you, you do some self-calming and then you realize, wow me being cut off like that, and here's where the inquire part comes in, me Mm -hmm. being cut off like that, it's, I remember how my older sister always kind of took over for me in the family. We were only two years apart, and yet she always seemed to get all the attention and so forth. So you begin to feel how that little eight-year-old or that four-year-old felt. Mm. And, you, you You kind of go to yourself, "Oh, honey, you, you sit with yourself and and at first, this kind of thing might take fifteen minutes, but once you get good at this, you can do it in less than a minute. You can do the whole process, pausing, calming, and inquiring, and then bringing some soothing to that hurting part and so you, it's sort of like you're feeling empathy for the eight year old child that you yes. once were, and you're letting yourself feel feelings that you never really fully felt when you were little because you didn't know how, no one had, mm-hmm. no, no one showed you how to process your emotions. Plus in some cases the emotions would have been too painful or too strong for a
1: small person. Then then how do you repair it? Now you, you have, is that part of the repair where you have compassion you for might, yourself?
2: You might repair, you might not repair if, if the whole trigger episode was invisible to everybody but yourself, or you might, later on say to somebody, you know, uh, one of one of your colleagues, or you could report this in the meeting, depends on the type of, of group it is, if this mm-hmm. is the norm or not, you could say, you know, I got shut down last time we met, I got shut down uh, when so-and-so talked over me,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, I, I, I discovered that I was able to be tender with that part of myself that felt hurt, and I'm back now. You know, you wouldn't go into you know, what the childhood episode that mm-hmm. you got reminded of was. You wouldn't go into that level of detail in a business meeting. But if it's a personal growth seminar or something, you probably would. But, so but re- wouldn't you want repair this, is but- not always necessary.
1: But when you say that to the, to the group, When you say, I got triggered last time because I got cut off, isn't that kind of letting them know that, you know, they should be more careful next time or that they uh, maybe put them on notice in a nice way that this is what happens for you? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's really good to be able to use what you discovered
2: about yourself, you know, and say, you know, I just, I want you, you I want you to know that I'm, I'm kind of sensitive to this sort of thing. And um, I was able to handle it myself, but you could even say, I need, you know, I need your help in the future. Yeah. uh, Feeling included in this group.
1: And have you found that works in a business setting? Do you know people who've done that? And are are they sometimes afraid or do you find that most people are, you know, open to this? Well, there's so many different
2: corporate cultures or business cultures.
1: You know what I mean? So,
2: I would say since the 60s, more and more emotions have, there have been a place for emotions in the workplace. And it's, you know, it kind of gradually is getting a little better. We're getting more emotionally intelligent. The whole term emotional mm-hmm. intelligence is, of course, mm-hmm. out there now. Agreed. So I but it depends, you know, so I don't want to have people just go and spill their guts if that's not the, course, that's the norm in their course. corporate culture.
1: Yeah. No, it's a good, It's knowing, knowing who your group is. Very good, Susan. Yeah. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, Susan has a chapter in her book on what to do when we get triggered by our children. What can parents do? And so we're going to talk about that when we come back right after the break. So, again, uh, Susan Campbell is the author of the brand new book, From Trigger to Tranquil. And let me get the exact title here. And um, all right, why don't you share with us, Susan, the, the to- full title? Well, I have it right here From Trigger to sure. Tranquil. Are
0: you do self-compassion it. How self
1: compassion and mindful presence can transform relationship conflicts and heal childhood wounds. Okay. And Susan has lectured, she's taught. She's worked with nonprofits. She's worked with Fortune 500 companies. She's created Think Tank. She's been in the media. She has worked now. She works with private clients. So she has many years of experience working with all kinds of groups in many different settings. And you can log on to SusanCampbell.com. C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back.
4: us on twitter at voice get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn are you fully connected We're all online in more ways than we can imagine. Our business, our family, our health, and our money are all part of the cyber-connected world, and it's getting more frightening every day. On My Connected Life, host Tyler Cohen-Wood takes you into the exciting world of cyber and shows you what you need to know right now to keep your cyber-connected life safe and your data within your control. Get all the information, the news you need to know, and a lot of fun and surprises. Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go To Health Radio.
1: Our guest today is Susan Campbell, and we are talking about her brand new book, From Triggered to Tranquil, How Self-Compassion and Mindful Presence Can Transform Relationship Conflicts and Heal Childhood Wounds. And Susan Campbell, PhD, is the author of 11 books on relationships and conflict resolutions. She now uh, has private clients, and she does relationship coaching. And her website is SusanCampbell.com. She has been on major many major media outlets. She's directed think tanks, nonprofit organizations, consulted with Fortune 500 companies, and lectured at many colleges and universities. Right. And again, her her website is SusanCampbell.com. Welcome back, Susan. Thank All you. All right. Let's, let's do the most challenging question for last. Yeah. How do we get, what do we do? when we get triggered by our own children. How do parents handle that? Or adult children getting triggered by their adult parents or vice versa. Seniors getting yeah, triggered so by their what, adult children.
2: What we do what we do is the same as if you get triggered by anybody else. You pause, self calm, look inward, that's the inquire piece, and then go back and talk about it if if appropriate, if the child is age appropriate and so forth um, but let me let me give you an example of the type of things that parents might not always realize about um, their own triggers. One of the things that uh, and then we can talk about how how this parent worked with his triggers, so this mm-hmm. is a father and son scenario. And the um, fa- father is watching the son at a Little League game. So they're, they're pretty little boys, you know, like 10-year-old boys. And his, his son is, at, is out, out there in the field and misses balls and seems to be kind of dreaming and just not, not applying himself. So the father's watching the son, not, not really putting his best, energy into the game and kind of giving up has that give up attitude and he's getting so triggered he's getting, no he's mm-hmm. starting to he's starting to want to yell at his son but he knows that's not appropriate but he's he's kind of like yelling in his own mind and then here's what, no so he realizes wait I'm triggered by my own kid what's this about and we often will be kind of critical to uh, parents will be kind of critical of their children and their children's imperfections and mistakes. So one thing that's very common is if you're triggered by something in your child, is it represent one of your own deficits. This isn't always Mm -hmm. the case. I've got several different quizzes for parents, you know, to look for their triggers with their kids. But in this case, when this parent, this father, Paused, He's sitting in the bleachers watching the game, and he pauses and feels, What's this about? And he comes, he calms himself a little bit and comes up with a memory that, Wow, wait a minute. This is me. In fact, this is me even today. This isn't just a childhood memory. This is me with my boss last week, kind <clears> of <throat> not arguing my case, not being very assertive, kind of giving up too soon on things. Mm. That's a, that I can't stand about myself and now I'm triggered when I see my little boy doing it and so he had to do some genuine self-compassion it was hard because he doesn't like that part of himself but he has to really feel into that part of himself and realize wait a minute no one ever really gave me guidance I was always asking for help and no one showed me how to do things so I've always been a little bit uh, kind of flying by the seat of my pants through life. And he felt so much tenderness and compassion that he did actually calm himself and get to a good place and have a conversation with his 10-year-old son about his own insights, which basically his insight were, I want his insights were, I want to be a better dad to you than my dad was to me. And so he... he Share what he went through with his ten-year-old, and
1: a ten-year-old can can uh, understand these kinds of things. Yeah. So, and, and I think too, as you said, when you can become vulnerable and talk about these things, but not from a place of shame, right? Oh, gee, I feel bad. It's more this is right. how I'm feeling. Right. Yes. Yes. If you're in shame,
2: you're actually triggered, and and that tender part that's ashamed needs to be comforted right. and held right. for a little. bit. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So Susan, we have a couple minutes left. What would you like to leave our listeners with about from triggered to tranquil and how we can we can transform conflict? What's your message? Well, I want
2: people the purpose of this book really is to help people realize that there is nothing shamefully wrong with you when you get triggered. It actually happens to almost everyone. It's just some people's triggers are more invisible, like yours and mine, Patricia. You know, we tend to shut down a little bit, get quiet. But um, if you're one of these people that has a bigger trigger reaction, you're gonna you're gonna have to do a little more work to be able to love yourself and not feel ashamed of that. But there's so much richness in studying, well, what are these triggers and where did they come from? And let me befriend this hurting part of myself so that it doesn't act up so much, so that it feels more safe. So all of us really need to help ourselves feel more safe in the world. Like we started out, you know, the world is kind of an uncertain, crazy place right now. So it's up to all of us to get better self-regulation tools and self-compassion tools.
1: Right, and find those people who will support us, right, Susan? Yes,
2: absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
2: Ask for for co-regulation. If you're feeling upset, I need a hug. We need to swallow our pride and admit our vulnerability in these times.
1: Thank you so much for being on the program. So insightful, so much wisdom and knowledge. And people can find you at SusanCampbell.com. Susan, thank you.
2: Well, thank you, Patricia, for a lovely conversation.
1: Thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. You can find me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com. And if you write to me, I'll put you on my newsletter list so that you can see all the wonderful guests that I have on every week, every month. I send out the newsletter monthly. You can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. And if you're looking to do your own podcast, um, I help people do those. I help them put them together as I've interviewed 5,000 people in four decades. So I have some knowledge about that, and I really want to get positive messaging out there. And so I'd love to help you get yours out there as well. All right, everyone, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin.